What up, world? Welcome on all to another episode of The Ojo, presented to you in partnership, as always, with SB Nation's blog and theboys.com. My name is Ochoa. You know me, of course, from BTB and from right here as your humble host on The Ocho. It is Thursday, the third day, April 30th, 2020. We hope all is well wherever you are. We hope you're happy, safe, healthy, practicing social distancing, and looking to get through these days much sooner rather than later. We appreciate all the kind words and comments on all the fantastic episodes that we've had this week on the feed. Of course, we had Jeff Cavanaugh from 105.3 The Fan on Monday's episode of Girls Talking Boys. We had a fantastic undrafted free agent breakdown on Talking the Draft yesterday. And of course, we also had the episode of The Ocho with ESPN's Will Kane, obviously from The Will Kane Show. Got a lot of feedback on all these episodes. We really appreciate it so much. We're so happy uh, that everybody's enjoying all these fantastic conversations, chopping it up, figuring things out when it comes to the Cowboys and their new draft class. There's a lot of excitement in the air. Uh, lots of you know, a lot of Sooner attention. I've done a couple of, of Sooners uh, podcasts and a couple of Oklahoma radio hits lately. There is a lot of buzz, all right, with regards to uh, to these Sooners. And speaking of, there's there's some Sooner flavor coming on the BTB podcast feed later on, uh, so just be ready for that. But today we have a fantastic guest for you, Quincy Avery. Quincy does a lot of fantastic work training quarterbacks. You might know some of the people he's worked with. I don't know, Houston Texans quarterback Deshaun Watson. No big deal. Now, the best quarterback on the Philadelphia Eagles roster Jalen Hurts and of course Dallas Cowboys quarterback Ben DiNucci. Quincy has been working with DiNucci for a couple of years now and really kind of understands the rhythms and the rhymes. Uh, come on up it's bobsled time to DiNucci's game and so we thought you know what let's get to know DiNucci through the eyes of a tactician through the eyes of somebody who's trained him the eyes of somebody that knows his strengths that knows his weaknesses and can really highlight them for us because obviously we care a lot about Ben DiNucci and I tell you what I really think that at the end of this conversation, you're going to be kind of hyped. I really believe that you're, I'm not saying you're going to go out and customize, you know, order yourself a number one Ben DiNucci jersey. Uh, he's wearing number one, by the way, uh, as Bobby Bell told us this week. But I, I do think you're going to say, you know what? Because that, that was the only pick, right? Of all the draft picks that Cowboys made, that was the only one that wasn't met with, you know, this overwhelming, let's go, right? I mean, the DiNucci pick was just kind of, Whatever. I mean, that's cool. But I, I really think that you'll feel a lot better about it after this conversation. And so uh, I don't want to waste any more of your time. Let's go ahead and get to it. Quincy Avery joins us next to talk some Ben DiNucci right here on The Ocho. Pleased to be joined now by a very special guest. You know him, you love him. He has likely made your football watching experience all the more large. Quarterback trainer, quarterback savant extraordinaire, the one and only Quincy Avery. Quincy, thanks for taking the time to join us. I appreciate you having me on. So um, what's something you've been watching on Netflix lately? Give it, you know, I imagine you've, you've hit a lot of Netflix these days. Yeah, I feel like me, like everybody else, have watched like a regular series but i'm into this conspiracy show now on netflix i forget the name i think that's a little interesting okay cool yeah those are always great like the ones that like if you got some buddies watching and you're texting it it's like i can't believe they got away with this or whatever yeah totally um so i want to start uh with a tweet of yours from september 1st 2018 do you know what you tweeted on that day no idea okay so this is september 1st 2018 ben DiNucci at JMU, who's currently going toe-to-toe -to -toe with NC State, is going to be a draft pick in the 2020 draft. You called it. 
I'm a savant. <laughs> do you um do you know how Ben played that day? Do you know his stat line off the top of your head? No, nah, but I remember watching it thinking he's playing pretty well. So uh the Mighty Dukes lost that game to the Wolfpack, and that's not what's important. Ben DiNucci went twenty-three of twenty-seven for 197 yards, threw a touchdown, but had 14 carries for 79 yards on the ground. Uh was that your first exposure to Ben? No, I actually knew Ben when he was at Pitt. I got introduced to him then, um, and I shout out to University of Pittsburgh to try and train and train him a few times, um, and then we just kind of continued going from there. But uh, I had never seen him like in live game action in that way. I knew how talented he was from workouts, but seeing him on that stage playing against North Carolina State against a team who probably. Um, is more talented than those guys at almost every position. Just seeing the things that he was doing, I'm like, all right, he actually can do it. Sure. At the so, level that I can. so if it isn't obvious to the listener by now, you train Ben DiNucci um, and obviously know him very well. Uh, you also have another tweet noting that you called every bull Scott to try to tell them about him. Why, why are you so, I mean, I imagine you're obviously a fan of everybody you train, but why are, why are you such a big champion of Ben's cause? I just thought that Ben was unique in how he threw the ball. Like, I've seen a lot of quarterbacks at a lot of different levels, and I knew that, like, on talent-wise, he was an NFL quarterback undoubtedly, but the way that he can run the ball and extend plays and be creative and do all those other things that um, a new-age quarterback can do, I'm like, there's no reason that he shouldn't be at a really big school playing like this and that people shouldn't be taking notice of how well he is playing. Well, so then break down Ben DiNucci for us, because as I'm sure you're aware, um, you know, for most Cowboys fans, when that pick happened in the seventh round this past weekend, and in fact, a lot of analysts were really honest and said, look, I haven't watched a lot of James Madison football. I really can't tell you a lot about him. So a lot of people are kind of flying into this blind. You, you mentioned that you love the way he throws the football. Kind of give us a 101 on Ben DiNucci. So he's a very natural thrower. He completely changed his throwing motion through his college years and he's he has like a very strong arm can make all the throws in terms of anticipation throwing with energy on a line can get balls up and down what I mean by that if there's a linebacker in between the receiver and where he's at he can get a ball up over his head and drop before the safety like with trajectory and energy and very accurately um and then of course he can throw a touch like I got to watch him and Deshaun in a workout together Deshaun Watson, you, yeah, you you can casually drop Deshaun, but you're just making sure Deshaun Watson. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I was working out with Deshaun Watson, and I'm like, he's doing all all the things Deshaun's doing, throwing the ball, he's doing it. Like, I, I think that he's going to be ready, and whoever gets him is going to be really, uh, really excited about him. So when you say he's a natural thrower of the ball, I think – this is the time of year where a lot of scouting terms like that are, are said. And, and you explained how uh, he does a great job kind of avoiding linebackers in the middle of, of his line of sight. What does a natural throw of the ball mean to you? They're, they're not rigid. The ball comes out of their hand effortlessly, effortlessly. He can drive the ball. He can manipulate the ball from different angles. And I think if you get an opportunity to watch him, he can drop his sidearm. Like he can do all the things with his arm at every different angle that only somebody could do if they, they really threw proficiently um, and, it, and it came to them naturally. So where do you think Ben has – well, let me start here. How long have you been working with him to a legitimate degree? 
I would say, well, three years. Okay. Three years. So then where would you say he was the weakest when you first got your hands on him? He was the, he, the, the area he needed the most improvement was, was his decision making. Mm -hmm. And like we say in the North Carolina state game, he went 23 of 27. He started to understand the value of completions. And I think this final year for him, it really clicked. Like he really started to understand what it meant to take care of the ball what it meant to make good decisions continually and then still be aggressive. There's some, his junior year at James Madison, I think he had some, some areas where he struggled a bit in terms of just trying to do too much and be reckless with the football. But his senior year, I think the, the new coaching staff helped him a bunch. They were very clear about his expectations and he took to that and ran with it. So, well, that's really, I think, encouraging for people to hear. How much do you think, uh, maybe this isn't a Ben-specific question, but you obviously work with a lot of guys. How much do you like aggressiveness? And I know that you're not, you know, hindering that, but, you know, I think there's something that people like about a quarterback who is willing to take chances, so to speak. Yeah, like if you see a guy who never throws any interceptions, that's usually a problem. Like they're usually <laughs> not aggressive. They're not aggressive enough. Like you want to have to like, pull the reins back a little bit on a guy like, Hey, when we call a play and we get it dialed up and we get the play we want, you got to be willing to make the effort and drive the ball. And usually it'll work out for us, but at some points it won't. Um, but we need you to be aggressive with the football because that's the only way teams are going to make explosive plays and explosive plays are the only way teams score points. See, I, and I want to keep this on Ben DiNucci, but I think that was a phenomenon that we saw with Dak Prescott last year to keep it Cowboy-centric. Got a lot more aggressive, and when you do that, interception numbers go up. That's just kind of, you know, that's the trade-off, but you also pull off a lot more incredible plays. Um, so you said that was the area that Ben needed the most development in when you first got your hands on him. But when you first saw him, what was the area that maybe on your way to that workout, you were like, okay, you know, I'm assuming this guy's going to need work here or whatever, and you got there and you were like, whoa, okay. We don't have to touch that at all. His arm strength. Like, I was I was a little concerned. Like, uh, I hadn't seen him on the radar as a high school guy. So, I'm like, does he not have that, like, the juice? Um, but that's something that jumped out to me right away. Like, nope, that's good. Check that box. How far can he throw it then? I mean, like, put that in – give us, like, some terms for that. So, in terms of miles per hour, I can go there because I'm – Jacob Eason threw 62 miles an hour, which would be the fastest time um, since in the, like the last five years. Mm -hmm. Ben is like right at 59.5. So he's upper echelon in terms of arm strength and driving the ball. Okay. Well, that's, you know, no big deal. You can almost hit 60 miles an hour. That's no, no big yeah. deal. It's real casual thing. Um, okay. Well, so, so he obviously has an incredible arm. How do you marry that with being aggressive? Because I feel like if, if you have an incredible arm, people might assume that that always means you have a precise arm, but that might not necessarily be the case. Yeah, and that's what we spent a lot of time developing and honing in was that accuracy, and we did that through refined mechanics so we could consistently get to the same positions over and over and over again. Just big, having great base, having great balance, um, and even when you're – like creating those situations where you have to gain a couple yards and work away from a defender, he's still able to get in really good positions um, with his body so that he can be consistently accurate. Um, so that's a big thing that we worked on. Well, so it sounds like you've worked on a lot of things from 
kind of the the torso up. I mean, we've talked about his arm strength. We've talked about his decision-making. Talk to me about his feet. What do you make of Ben DiNucci's feet? He's, he's a tremendous athlete. Like, you see him, you're like, oh, I don't know. But when he's on the field, <laughs> right, you just look at him like, oh, I'm, I'm not sure he can do it. But when you cut on the tape and you see him move, you're like, yeah, he can, he can do it all. You see him on a basketball court, you're like, okay, he really is athletic. Like, he has great body control. He can move well, change his directions, all the things that are needed to play quarterback. Um, so you've tweeted out and posted a lot of clips of Ben and you're on Instagram at Quincy Avery. There's an underscore in between your first and last name on Twitter, but you mentioned the tape. What's your favorite Ben DiNucci game? Cause every Cowboys fan from now until forever is going to be pulling up, you know, clips and stuff on YouTube. What's, what's the game? What's the, the quintessential Ben DiNucci game? I like the Rhode Island game. I think he threw like four touchdowns. Like they beat up on him pretty bad, but you got to see him be consistently accurate. But if you want to watch something that's cool and see him go against the, the powerhouses, go check out that North Carolina State. I think he played really well there. That is a, a great way to start. Like, okay, this is what I'm getting. I'm excited about that. Well, you mentioned the Rhode Island game. He had 82 rushing yards in that game. That was a season high. He had two games with at least 80 yards. Would you classify him? And you've mentioned Deshaun Watson. You also work with Jalen Hurts. I want to get there in a second. Uh, would you classify Danucci as a mobile quarterback? Or, or do you maybe hate that type of term? I'm curious for your thoughts there. I think the term is used poorly in terms of like high school recruitment. When guys mm. get to this level, like them adding that element, them being mobile and being able to add things with their athleticism, I think is essential. And we're almost getting to the point where if they can't do that, they're not going to be quarterbacks in the NFL. Um, but he definitely would be, I'd classify him as a mobile guy. So I'm sure you hate doing this too. And I don't mean Quincy to just do a bunch of things you hate, uh, but who, who's this, who's this comp for you? I mean, maybe somebody you've worked with, maybe somebody you've just seen, maybe somebody you grew up watching. I don't know. Who does he remind you of in terms of play style? Oh, that's that's really difficult because anytime you give a comp, you're gonna be like, "Oh man, I got right. you good." How do you <laughs> don't compare him to that. Um, I, I will say his his movement patterns, the way his body moves, and I'm not I'm not gonna compare his play to him, but the way his body moves is comparable to Aaron Rodgers, just in terms of like how he throws, <laughs> how he literally finishes. Not I'm not saying that that's right. Is, so want to get that. Um, I think that is things go good like he he could be accurate in terms of like a Kirk Cousins in terms of throwing the football but he's just more aggressive yeah I think that actually I, I totally get where you're going and again Quincy's not saying that Ben DiNucci is Aaron Rodgers <laughs> but um like I remember when Aaron Rodgers like, kind of circa around 2012 there was this point where everybody said, well, wait a minute, Aaron Rodgers is running a lot. Like he's, you know, he's kind of an athlete. And to your point, it, he's not like a sneaky athlete, but he's got at least, you know, did, this was now eight years ago. He had more wheels to his game than I think people kind of gave him credit for just at first glance. Is that, I mean, am I kind of close to what you're describing? Yeah, I'm, I'm talking about that, that portion. Like he can really, like he was really a runner. And then if you see them throw, like, watch Aaron Rodgers, how both of his feet will come off the ground and the way he throws. Danucci throws in that same way. So that's so they do those two things very similarly. Now, Aaron Rodgers processes the game at a, right. the highest level, can make every throw. You know what I'm saying? Those things are differentiators. But the way they move, all those things are very, very similar. 
Support for this show comes from Sylvan Learning. As a parent, you want your child to have every opportunity. But giving them the tools they need to tackle every challenge, that takes a team. Now more than ever, educational support tailored exactly to what your child needs can make all the difference. That's why parents have trusted Sylvan Learning for 45 years as the ultimate teammate in their child's educational journey, instilling in them a love for learning and a passion for reaching the next level. And Sylvan's Insight Assessment can identify gaps in learning and areas that could be of concern for your child. It's a 360-degree view into your child's learning that you can't find anywhere else and helps ensure that your child didn't miss something in school that might put them at a disadvantage in the future. And right now, it's the best price of the year at $29. Go to sylvan29.com to learn more and get your child's assessment for only $29. That's S-Y-L-V-A-N-29.com. So you mentioned that part of Aaron levitating from a footwork perspective. Does Benucci, or Benucci leave the ground entirely when he throws? Yeah. He, yes. If he's moving at all before the throw, both of his feet will come off the ground. And it looks really interesting the first few times you, you see it. And then you're like, oh, he's really good at this. And then you leave him alone. He don't bother him. What is that? I mean, what does that mean to you, I guess? I mean, because not every quarterback does that, and obviously it depends if they're trying to throw off their back foot or they're on the run or they're just in the pocket. But um, just generally, I mean, I feel like that's um, got to be interesting when you find somebody like that. Yeah, so the way he explained how it happened is something that I was teaching him to do, and it's called resisting rotation, like try and stay on your back half as long as you can. Um, And that caused him to bring both those feet up, and it – got really successful for him and I'm like all right I like it let's let's keep rolling with it so why do you want him to stay on his back half as often as he can or for as much as he can so if you thought about it in terms of hitting a baseball because I think most of America has played baseball and understood and got coached fairly well when you try to hit the ball you don't let all your weight go on your front foot or you wouldn't have no energy to hit the ball with F- throwing a football and hitting a baseball same thing you need to keep the weight on your back half for as long as you can. And then when your hands go, the weight transfers. Um, and some people allow their leg to swing forward. But the longer you can keep it back, the more energy you have in your system. So we want to keep energy as long as we can. And then some people, it just ends up both feet come off the ground. So how much weight percentage-wise do you want on the front foot? I mean, do you want like 0% ideally, like in an absolute perfect sense? No, I would probably get about... 20 to 30%. That's interesting. See, I'm, I'm a big golfer. And so like, like in a backswing for me, I sort of, it's almost like a hundred percent transfer. You know what I mean? Like I go, like I almost put a hundred percent of my body weight on my right. I'm right-handed. And so it's on my back foot. And then when I, well, like throughout the swing, the, the whole swing almost transfers a hundred percent. I want no body weight on my back foot kind of at the middle. I want there to be this perfect equilibrium, but you're saying it's a little bit different than that. I would say just when that foot strike happens, but it does end up getting a lot of the energy to the front foot. But if you see like the long drive golfers, mm-hmm. when they swing and they're creating that downward momentum, both their feet will come off the ground because they have to create enough space for their hips to get through. 
same exact idea. That's a great point. Cause a lot of golfers to that idea, they kind of, they almost like jump kind of like you're saying Danucci does. Yep. Like it's this explosion of complete power that for some people just comes out of one foot, but for a lot of people comes out of two. So you're saying that's how Ben throws. That's exactly what it is. Has he played golf with you? Is Ben, is ben a great golfer by chance? We're not going to call him a great golfer. He's going to be in the high eighties. Um, That's a great golfer in my book. Uh, you know, it's relative. Okay. Um, well, so then <laughs> what's the reason? Because people tend to do this as, as you know, with draft picks, you know, they obsess over the, the guys that their team got, et cetera. But then, then they tell their friend, dude, you know, cause somebody's going to listen to this and be like, man, I heard Quincy Avery say it. He was the one, he said, Ben DiNucci is Aaron Rodgers. It's exactly what I heard. And now I'm super hyped, <laughs> et cetera. But then his friend's going to go, well, why did he last to the seventh round? Then, What's your objective answer for that? Is it the small school thing? A small school had a lot to do with it. Um, and then he developed later. Like, his junior year was really good. It wasn't – I mean, he didn't play every game at the NC State game. Mm -hmm. But then the senior year, he really picked up. Uh, and I just think he was not on the radar for a lot of, lot of folks. And then not get an invite to those senior games and, and those bowls, that hurt him. And then he just – and then he grew and developed a lot in his all-season program in terms of developing for the draft. How much he you... did not get a chance to have the pro day, which, right. which is paramount in terms of this draft. Class. Sure, that makes total sense. How much would you say in your experience doing this? Because you see a lot of things that, that a lot of people don't. By now, everybody has heard about how Ben's eighth grade basketball coach was Mike McCarthy's brother. Obviously, he's got the Pittsburgh connection, Mike McCarthy being from the area. And how he introduced himself uh, to McCarthy at the FCS championship. How much would you say this hope not the whole process but but some of these things for small school guys or in a year like this that's very unique that that connections like that really go almost the whole way that if if not for i don't want to take anything away from what ben has done to this point in his life and his career but how much would you say that that sometimes relationships like that kind of tend uh to really help with guys getting drafted or guys getting you know noticed by certain coaches or certain scouts it's it's 100% that it's just a mix of like all those uh, moments coming together and it's I had a long conversation with the quarterback coach for the Dallas Cowboys at the at the combine just about Ben DiNucci um, and he's like yeah I've heard of him I'm gonna watch some tape um, so they had so that also got a bug in his ear then then put together some clips on Twitter and I come to find out the quarterback coach saw those as well so there's all these different moments and little things and relationships. He knew this guy, they knew this and they came together and it was a perfect storm. And I think that's kind of how he ended up with the Cowboys. So do you feel like kind of, I saw you try to help out Ben on your Instagram. You said, I can help you get verified here on Instagram. Now that you got drafted, it was a funny joke. Um, do you tell him like, Hey dude, that conversation I had, you know, now you, you get to eat Whataburger on the regular, like you're welcome. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. I texted him probably five minutes after he got drafted and he's like tearing up and I'm like all happy for him. I'm like, yeah, but if I didn't talk to uh, coach Nush, you probably wouldn't have been there. So <laughs> do that uh, him a little bit. So in that conversation, and I know you, you know, you certainly going to keep that conversation close to the vest, but can you, can you kind of give us the sell? Cause I know you sell your guys. Cause that's, I mean, and you wouldn't sell your guys if you didn't believe in them, but can you kind of give us the sell that you gave then, you know, if, if we're to rewind all of a sudden we're the coaching staff you're talking to at the combine, why should, why should Ben DiNucci be on our radar? He has as much arm talent as, 
anybody in the draft for the exception of Jordan Love. Like I would say Jordan Love's ability to throw the balls a little bit higher than his, but other than that, he can throw the ball as well as anybody else in this draft. Um, he has the ability to move and extend plays with his legs, and he's developed so much in a short period of time. Like his ceiling is as high as anybody else coming in this draft. Like he's going to turn into a starter at an NFL club. Um, and if it's not on your team, you'll be able to trade him for a lot of value because he'll be your backup really, really quickly. All right, sold. I've got Whataburger in my state. I'll make that happen. Um, <laughs> it's, it's interesting that you mentioned Jordan Love might be just a, a small cut above, you know, um, given that you compared Ben to Aaron Rodgers. And so that's just, that's a really funny coincidence. <laughs> um, but, um, okay, so you also work with Jalen Hurts um, and a lot of Cowboys fans had, and this is nothing against Jalen, but I'm, I'm sure, you know, you're on Twitter, you see this. A lot of Cowboys fans had a lot of fun with the Eagles drafting him because of the Carson Wentz factor and everything. Give us, I mean, everybody, you know, who loves college football has seen Jalen Hurts, but, you know, in your experience with him, what what is there to his game to really like at the NFL level? Jalen has done it as well as anybody has done it at the college level for a lot of years. Like, he, dom- he literally dominated um, the college season this year at Oklahoma. Like, you can't take that away, seeing somebody do that in the biggest moments the type of leader that he is, the upside that he has, the ability to do so much with his legs, um, that is going to allow him to be really successful. And Carson Wentz is going to see to it that Jalen Hurts starts some games this year because every year he finds himself hurt. Mm-hmm. So when Jalen gets the opportunity, I think that he's going to allow them to win two to three games because he's their backup quarterback. But there's nobody else who can go who can be drafted in the second round who can actually go win you two to three games in their first year. So you got to think about that. Like people don't value that enough, like winning games because of your backup quarterback. No, I I think that that's well said. And obviously the Eagles are a team that, you know, had a lot of experience with that recently. I I mean, you look at Pat Mahomes gets hurt last year. The Chiefs go two and one without him. I mean, who knows, you know, where they are, if they go 0 and three in that stretch, et cetera. I'm, I'm curious, and I'm sure this bothers you not to go back to things you hate, but on Monday there was a report uh, that the Eagles could be looking to use Jalen Hurts as a running back. What are your thoughts on that? I think that's foolish. That's why I can put it like it's just silly. Jalen Hurts isn't a running back. He's a quarterback. He's earned that right. Um, I know Jalen will do whatever it is to help the team, but I don't. I don't think that's the best use of your your players. If you're spending any time not in the quarterback room, not at the quarterback position during practice. What do you make then? Is it? Do you feel the same way about as soon as he was drafted? There was a lot of Taysom Hill talk, and Taysom and the career he's had is really great and really interesting. But he has kind of spawned a lot of, um, I guess, people wanting to copycat that, right? Like, let's just go get this dude who can do a bunch of stuff. Does I don't want to say that that's insulting. You know, maybe you feel that way. Um, that's kind of a heavy word, but does that bother you? Like, like no, dude, just let this guy go be a great quarterback. Yeah, I think that Taysom Hill, I, I'll just be honest, I think it's disrespectful. Taysom Hill's completed like seven passes right. as an NFL quarterback. He's like a 48% passer in college. Like, no disrespect to Taysom Hill, but he was no Jalen Hurts at any level throwing the football. Definitely not right now. So, Taysom Hill can do a lot of things. I think it's really cute what the Saints do with him in offense, <laughs> but do I think that, do I think that he's Jalen? No. I, I think that uh, I think it's really cool that he got this $20 million contract because that shows 
um, the value of people who can do a lot of things. And I look forward to somebody else coming out of college and being like Taysom Hill. But Jalen Hurts is not that guy. No, I think it's great. And you're right. I mean, if you're Taysom Hill, dude, you know, live your life, do your thing. That's awesome. And that's great. But not everybody has to do that. Why do you think, do you think that that's just a, a matter of people, people just can't, you know, accept good things because there's a lot of quarterbacks people have tried to do that with. Um, like people thought Tebow should be a tight end. Not that Tebow was the best NFL quarterback, but obviously the Lamar Jackson stuff was out there. Now Jalen's kind of that same way. Like, do, do you think these are just people that, that get bored one day and say, you know what, I think it'd be weird to throw this guy somewhere else? I think that it's a lack of creativity and understanding how to best optimize mm. somebody at their position um, that they play. And I think um, we saw that with Lamar Jackson, like really, really optimizing somebody, allowing them to do the things that they are the best at, better than anybody else in the world, taking advantage of those things and allowing them to excel because of who they are. Like people spend so much time trying to think about what is this person not good at, trying to nitpick those things. Mm-hmm. If they just spent time focusing on he's great at this, let me put him in all the situations that allow him to do this thing. We might find a great quarterback. I think that's what they found in Lamar Jackson. Like if they have made him do things the way a lot of other people do it, he might not have been as successful, but they created a system around him, allowed him to be successful and, and that's what you get when you do those things correctly. That's uh, that's well said. So we uh, we talked about Ben. We talked about Jalen. Uh, you know, just w- one thought on Deshaun Watson without DeAndre Hopkins. I imagine you're not at all worried about Deshaun. He's going to be just fine. Deshaun will be fine. Like I want to see how those receivers come together. Deshaun's, um, he's got a bunch of guys who've been pros for a long time and are going to understand how to do things at the right depth, um, do it on the right timing and allow him to be really, really successful. He's not going to have that safety blanket of, all right, things broke down, let me just get it to hop. But it's going to allow him to grow as a quarterback in terms of precision, understanding how to do things um, from the neck up, do those things right all the time. Uh, I think he's going to flourish. I think people are going to look at Deshaun Watson in a new light after this football season. That's uh, that's exciting. I mean, I, it's going to be exciting to watch all these players have success. And I think every Cowboys fan wants to see Jalen Hurts have as much success as he possibly can without Eagles, you know, the Eagles team getting wins out of it. I think that's a fair trade-off. Um, <laughs> but um, last thing for you, Quincy, um, you, again, we talked about two years ago, you called your shot. You know, you said Ben DiNucci, he's going to go in the 2020 draft. And you were right. So that was two years ago. So give us something, like give us a declaration about Ben DiNucci right now that will be true two years from today. I'll give you two years. You know, that's a long time. So let me get, let me get four years. Okay. And All right, then that's I'll fair. That ben, ben DiNucci will be a starting quarterback in the NFL. Okay. But, and, and to be, you know, you're not throwing any drama. You're not saying the Cowboys necessarily, but just, you know, a starting no. quarterback in the NFL. Yeah, I'm not saying the Cowboys at all. I think that you guys have a franchise quarterback in Dak, um, and I think he's great, but I think that Ben will be starting somewhere or be one of the highest-paid backups in the NFL. So, we'll, <laughs> no, I'm not hedging. He's going to be a starting quarterback. Okay. Well, you know what? I'll Four years from now, I'll give you bonus points for the hedge if, if you got that. Uh, um, that's great. Right. <laughs> Uh, Quincy Avery again on Twitter at Quincy underscore Avery on Instagram at Quincy Avery does a lot of great work. Every quarterback you love, uh, Quincy has likely had something to do with it. Anything you can give us to be excited about for the coming months, Quincy, any, anything you're working on? I know you've been working on flight school. I mean, what's, what's going on? What do you got? So everybody can check it out. 
Man, Spice School is up in the air. I'm thinking July 25th, 26th. They opened Georgia back up, so we, we got something there. And then and trying to put together something for all these colleges who can't hit the road and, and get recruiting so I can help out a bunch of high school kids and get noticed and, and get looked at. So just trying to see how I can help people out in these times. Okay. Well, uh, last, last, last thing. Give us all something to watch on Netflix. Just, you know, because that's what everyone's doing these days. Or Actually, I'll, I'll switch it up for you because I, I ask that question all the time. What have you made of The Last Dance? I love it. Um, it's really <laughs> cool to see how competitive MJ was. Like, we, we knew he was competitive. And it's also funny to see the way people talk about him now because if he did those things today, it would be looked at completely different. I just think that as a society, we um, tend to not like that rough, like in your face, tell people exactly what you want. But I think that um, sometimes at the highest level that's required. And I think that you can only get greatness out of some people if you bring it out of them the way MJ did. I agree. I do think that times are so much different. Like there's no way, and I know that, that LeBron's doing part two, but there's no way that that Space Jam could have happened. You know what I mean? Like amid retirement and incorporating like returning, you know what I mean? Like there's no way that happens. Like he, he would have been destroyed right. for that, right? And you know what I mean? A hundred percent. Quincy Avery, thank you for taking the time to join us and for explaining about Ben DiNucci and his uh, his double-footed explosion and uh, his movement exactly like Aaron Rodgers was what I, I thought I heard a little while ago. Uh, Quincy, thank you so much. Best to you and your family in these times, and hopefully we'll connect back again soon enough. Sandy, you can't wait. want to give a big time shout out to Quincy Avery for taking the time to join us discussing Ben DiNucci talking about a couple other things I I find all that stuff fascinating and I think you do too I don't think you would be here if you didn't um, I mean hearing things about how both of DiNucci's feet leave the ground when he throws that is a really different thing obviously for a quarterback that doesn't happen to every person or every quarterback every player uh, and I think you know certainly comparing it to baseball for me comparing it to golf kind of helps you understand there are a lot of power drivers to go back to golf like Quincy was saying I think like Dustin Johnson that dude is a massive driver right I mean he just explodes off the tee and so both his legs come up and it is I've actually to embarrass myself a little bit I've kind of tried to jump like on the range like and just to see if it works and then I just end up and it's a disaster and you know we don't have to go down that road but uh really 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 interesting conversation and by the way on the subject of Ben DiNucci I'm not gonna you know not gonna give you all the details but I will say you will be hearing from Ben DiNucci here on the Blog and the Boys podcast feed. You know why? Because we are always grinding here on the Blog and the Boys podcast feed, and we appreciate those of you that are part of the journey with us. Remember that in our one feed, you get access to five different shows. Every day we start you off with this show, The Ocho. We give you the latest and greatest, all the headlines, everything going on with the Dallas Cowboys. Mondays and Fridays, you get Girls Talking Boys with Kelsey Charles and Meg Murray. Tuesdays, you get the 750 with myself and two-time Super Bowl champion Tony Casillas. Wednesdays, you get Talking the Draft with Connor Livesey and Dalton Miller. Um, they might be going back to Talking the Stars a name now that the NFL drafts in the rearview mirror. Time will only tell, and I know they have some surprises up their sleeves coming up very soon as well. On Thursdays, you get a brand new episode 
episode of Brews and the Boys with Michael Sizemore and Tom Ryle. The good times, they are coming, so make sure you subscribe wherever you get podcasts, Apple devices, Spotify, TuneIn Radio, Stitcher, or everywhere. If you need a direct link, you can always ask me for one. I'm on Twitter and Instagram at RJ Ochoa. You can also send me an email, rj.ochoa at sbnation.com, and you can do me a huge favor. You can have the absolute best Thursday of all time. You know why? Because you deserve it. We will see you manana, my friends. As always, go Cowboys and peace out.